what we want to do right now to open up the second hour of our program is go back to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program, Brandon Marcello, a national college football reporter for 24-7 Sports, kind enough to join us here on today's show. Brandon, how's your summer been so far, my friend? It's been great. How about you? <laughs> I can't complain. It feels like uh, every day I'm having to look and, and kind of keep up with all the college football news. Uh, conference realignment is such a big topic of conversation right now that we'll get into for sure. But uh, how you been able to keep up with all of it, Brandon? Well, you just uh, wake up every morning and uh, wonder what's going to happen next. It's just uh, that's college sports. It's college football for you. There's absolutely no off season and um, just the way it goes. So you take a look at, obviously, last year, SEC Media Days, the time frame. That's when we saw uh, the big moves for Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. Now we're seeing USC and UCLA making moves to go join the Big Ten Conference. How did this all come to be, Brandon? Well, uh, money drives everything. Television drives everything. And um, we're at a point now where everybody's trying to position themselves for what the sports are going to look like in 10 to 15 years and what's on the docket financially for them. I think a lot of administrators, a lot of conference folks are thinking well ahead about, you know, uh, is there a potential there where we're going to have to pay players ourselves? How much money are we going to have to be spending? And how can we get as much money as we can right now to these TV rights deals? And for that matter, that filters down, of course, to the individual schools. And you look at UCLA, for example, they're, They've been losing money, um, believe it or not. And so a, a jump to the Big Ten not only helps with that, it, it, it substantially helps with that. So you're looking at yourself as a school and how do you better market yourself as a program in a strong conference. And if you're already in a strong conference, you look inward. If you're not in a strong conference, you start looking outward and uh, looking at things and how you project one, your program going to be, but also how the sport is going to be in 10 to 15 years and how can you best position yourself in that. And so for that matter, it's these schools sitting back, trying to come up with plans and going through intermediaries and through all all these clandestine networks and uh, seeing if it's possible that they can jump to co- other conferences. And listen, there are dozens of schools out there. Um, maybe that's too many, but there's many schools. There's a handful of schools out there that have been trying – to do the same thing that these others have, USC, UCLA, Texas, and OU, to see if there's any interest uh, in the Big Ten from the Big Ten or SEC. And the reason why you don't hear about those is because they never get along too far. And so we're we're in a spot now where you're seeing the schools that can get that done are getting it done. And USC and UCLA being the latest in a process really for them that only started about you know probably less than two months ago. Brandon, when when all this dust settles and college football is what it is, in 10 or 15 years, what does the landscape of college football look like? I think that it's just a matter of time before these schools, and for that matter, probably conferences, are going to have to pay players. You know, call it an employee, you know, employee relationship, or whatever you want to call it, employer-employee, but um, that's where we're headed. I think there will be a pay-for-play type of system set up. It's going to be semi-professional. Um, unless Congress steps in and the NCAA somehow, some way, is able to convince Congress that 
college sports, or for that matter, one individual sport like college football, is a uniquely American enterprise, much like we saw back in 1926 when Major League Baseball, to get away from any uh, litigation uh, for the things they're wanting to do, was able to prove to uh, the government that they were a unique American enterprise, and in that meeting that there was nothing else like them. And so the NCAA, for that matter, could probably easily argue potentially that college sports in this country is uniquely American because there's no other country on the planet where you see college football and making this much money or college basketball or even softball or baseball. But there hasn't been much movement toward that. In fact, I think a lot of people, if you talk to them behind the scenes now, believe that the NCAA is not really probably going to be overseeing college football 10 or 15 years from now. So we're obviously in a big state of change, a big state of flux right now, and that's what everybody's preparing for. They're preparing for the unexpected, but also some of the things that could potentially happen, which is it's almost like every school, every conference for themselves, and so you look out for numero uno, and to do that, you best possession, position yourself to be ready for what might be an inevitable, but you don't know about, and you do that by kind of putting as much money in the bank as you can. Curious here, Brandon, when you take a look at college football and college athletics, you're right that that TV and all these money deals do sort of drive the bus. Uh, What, in your opinion, if you were to sort of power rank the TV deals, the TV networks that these conferences have, because they're now to a point where they all have uh, their own networks and the SEC and the ACC have those ESPN deals in place. I mean, who has the best network package? Um. Maybe ES, or I should say the SEC, because it's the strongest package with ESPN, and ESPN's the top dog. Right. The, the thing is now is that college football has been, we talk about it shrinking and also getting bigger. I mean, it's two conferences now, really. It's the Fox Conference and the ESPN Conference, and those being the Big Ten and the SEC. Now, that, that's it. I mean, it's. It's those two networks, those two conglomerates that pretty much own everything. You know, the SEC on CBS is going away here in the next couple of years. Um, you're seeing now the ACC obviously has this partnership with ESPN. The Pac-12 is now trying to do a loose partnership with the ACC and ESPN where they would get rid of the Pac-12 network, which no one really gets anyway and has been hemorrhaging money for the conference because they own it outright. They don't have a partner, really. And so they're in a spot where they're trying to partner with ESPN to create their own network with the ACC of some sort. What that looks like, no idea yet. So uh, it's the two big dogs. It's Fox, it's ESPN, and then you got some outliers, some, you know, Amazon, Apple, and Netflix continue to try and maybe get into it. Netflix, not so much. Apple has been trying to push in there a little bit with the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten, out of all these other conferences, is most likely going to have some type of uh, contract situation where they have multiple deals with multiple partners, whereas the SEC is kind of being shrinking down to the ESPN only, same with the ACC, and potentially now the Pac-12 as they try to stay alive and stay afloat. And then you got the Big 12 out there, which is an interesting case because it hasn't been getting talked about a lot because obviously they've been going through a lot of changes. They're going to be adding four schools here in the next couple of years, or next year, I should say. And they could potentially try to add more Pac-12 teams to their conference to become a bigger conference. And yet they don't have a television network of their own. And if they did, they would most likely have to partner with ESPN in doing so. So in the end, 
when we talk about all this and conference realignment, it's all tied together because in in the end, these TV networks are what's steering this, not not anybody else. They're the ones who need to be uh, clued in on things for things to start happening. And that's why a lot of this news, I mean, none of it really leaks until it's about to happen. I mean, the USC-UCLA stuff did not leak until about nine hours before it became official. And then the you know the Texas OU news leaked almost by accident, based off what I've been told, almost a slip of the tongue by someone who shouldn't have been talking in the first place, and uh, it ended up happening anyway a week later. So we're in a space now where people need to realize that if you hear anything as far as TV deals or teams realigning or whatever, it's all tied together, and there's a reason why you don't hear much about it until it's about to happen, like that day even. And that's because so few people are involved in it, and those few people have a lot at stake and a lot of money at stake, and they're not going to be leaking that out because they leak it out. Uh, it'll become very clear that who, who, who did so. And those type of people are usually school president, network executives of these TV networks, and then maybe one or two board regents. And then people wonder about the athletics director and people in charge with that. Well, athletic directors are rarely clued in until almost the 11th hour, so about a week or two before they start really get the ball rolling on all this stuff. So that's a little, I guess, behind the scenes to, you know, it's a long-winded answer, but it kind of takes you into why this, all this is happening the way it is right now and, and how complicated and how shush-shush it is. And, Brandon, when talking about conference realignment, obviously the driving, sport, uh, driving force in all of this is football. But how, how is that going to affect all the other sports that are going along with it, that are doing all this moving, whether it be travel and, and different things like that? How is that going to affect them? Well, for if you're USC and UCLA, or for that matter, any school of the Big Ten, you're going to be traveling a lot more. There's a lot of um, systems they're going to have to figure out as far as traveling schedule, trying to group certain road dates together potentially to make travel a little bit easier. That's the nature of, uh, I guess, the business now, and, and it is a business. We act like it's not, but it is a business, and um, you know they're just going to have to have to figure that all out. Is it good for the students? I don't know, and that's to be argued. The other thing is, is that not not every class necessarily is in person at all times, and as the pandemic showed us, you can still do college, do university stuff over Zoom. And a lot of these kids are going to have to be doing remote work anyway and are already doing so. So um, it's, just, it's just the cost of business, and those, those conferences are going to have to figure that all out. And in the end, the, the, the bottom line is the bottom line. I mean, listen, you know, men's golf, women's golf, that's not making money for you, but you have to continue to play it because of Title IX and in doing so. Um, they get the benefit of all this other money coming in because of you know, uh, football and basketball. So it's just the way it is. Brandon Marcello is our guest today with 24-7 Sports here on our Auburn Bank phone line conference realignment. Such a big topic of conversation. Let me get one more and then uh, we'll kind of shift gears and get you out of here pretty quickly, Brandon. When you take a look at the ACC, we've been mentioning them a good bit. Uh, you look at their football. Uh, Notre Dame is kind of the big domino that a lot of people are trying to figure out what their next move could be. They're, they're so sworn to their independence, but playing in the ACC and every other athletic sport that they do, I mean, how safe is the ACC and how much of an impact uh, could Notre Dame's decision be for them? 
Well, I think the ACC will stay afloat no matter what. I mean, their their grant of rights contracts with their 14 schools right now is ironclad, and I know a lot of people go, well, there's always way out. Well, there is. And guess what? It would cost anywhere between about $425 million to $500 million, half a billion dollars wow. for a school to leave the ACC and join another conference. That is not happening. Um, unless, of course, you have a broadcast partner like ESPN or something and says, well, it makes more sense for both of us, our parties, that since we both have contracts with ESPN and, or excuse me, with ACC and the SEC, that these schools move to the, AC, the SEC or vice versa. But Again, that's just in this day and age, that's still not going to happen. So we're in a spot now where the ACC, those members are going to remain. The only thing that really could change for the ACC is if they were to add members. But they're pinned literally in a corner geographically and also just competitively by the SEC. Any teams that they would want to expand into are SEC teams for that matter. And the SEC teams are just not leaving. I mean, if you're Vanderbilt, why would you leave? And why would anybody want Vanderbilt? So um, the ACC, I don't think, will expand unless Notre Dame says, hey, we want to jump in. And so when you look at the Notre Dame issue, that's one where no one really knows what they, they're going to do. And on a business sense, they're making less money right now from their TV rights deal as an independent than they, ought, than they would, say, being in the ACC, or for that matter, in the Big Ten. It's not much less than what they would get paid in the ACC, but it's substantially less than in the Big Ten. So is this a financial decision? Potentially. But remember, Notre Dame's TV contract with NBC expires after the 2025 season. So they're about to enter a point here where they're going to take their TV rights out to market and could potentially get a lot more money. They're getting about $15 million a year out of that deal. There's no reason to believe that they can't double that, if not triple it, at least going forward. And then also, if the Notre Dame were to want to join a conference, contractually they are obligated to have their football program join the ACC. If not, they can pay a buyout. That buyout, by the way, for them is somewhere, I can't remember, somewhere between $100 million and $150 million. So. Not as big as it would be if they were a full-time member of the ACC with grants of rights, obviously, but still a substantial chunk of change if they were wanting to leave the ACC and those other sports and go to, say, the Big Ten or, for that matter, maybe the SEC. So the Big Ten, they're not really looking to expand, but if Notre Dame is interested, they are going to take them and they will help them in any way they can. But Notre Dame's really not in much of a rush to make that decision could they make the decision here in the next year or two? Yes, certainly. But this idea that they have to rush and make a decision here in the next few months for whatever reason that's being pushed out there, there's no way that happens. Last question for you, Brandon. We'll let you get out of here. Obviously, we've got SEC Media Days coming up next week. It's something big that happens uh, each year when we're there. The, the league makes decisions for rule changes and, and what could be big rule changes coming up in the sport, the product, on the field. Are you anticipating anything, Brandon, for next week? <laughs> uh, not right now, but I didn't anticipate. No one anticipated what happened last year with OU in Texas. So. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, you just never know. Um, uh, who knows? There might be another conference making news by the time we get there. But I'm, I'm very uh, interested to hear what Greg Sankey's kind of message is that is kind of state of the SEC address there when so much is going on. I know everybody wants to talk about rule changes and the future of the NCAA, but 
really the, the, the center of the attention here should really be on what are, what are these conferences going to look like in the future because these conferences are the ones who are going to be making up the new rules. I, the, the NCAA is not going to be involved and really isn't involved at all with college football and major sports. And um, I, I, We're moving to that model where these conferences are going to be enforcing their own legislation and own rules, and it's going to differ from sport to sport and from conference to conference. And I think Greg Sankey, when he does talk to the media, I think he's going to talk a lot about that. But, again, we'll see if anything else happens between now and then. Feels like we're always talking about targeting as well, Brandon. So that's, uh, that's likely yeah. going to come up. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. It was, it was a topic at the SEC spring meetings a few weeks ago even, too. How about that? Well, Brandon, the time is always greatly appreciated. Remind our listeners where they could find your work. At 247sports.com. Awesome. We'll be sure to check you out there and uh, looking forward to seeing you soon, okay? All right. See you, JJ.